0: Chapter Eight of The Giant Killer, or the Battle Which All Must Fight, by Charlotte Maria Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Eight, Giant Hate. Mrs. Roby had judged truly of the intentions of her husband. Bertha never knew exactly what had passed during his long interview with her brother and the Probins. But she soon found both that Constantine would escape punishment this time and also that he was not likely to repeat the offense There was no more fighting between the boys, but there was a bitter Uncomfortable feeling which perhaps was an evil as great because more difficult to be entirely overcome Mrs.. Roby resumed her place in the family circle almost before her health made it prudent for her to do so her presence seemed ever to work like a charm before her smile the fierce glance of constantine grew mild and adolphus appeared almost agreeable she seemed like the summer sun to draw out all that was good from the most unpromising soil her character could not fail to inspire respect while her unvarying kindness won affection hers was seldom the open rebuke before witnesses to arouse the spirit of pride and rebellion. But the quiet word of advice, the gentle warning in moments when the heart was softened, and what she said, though sometimes little heeded when spoken, came back on the hearer's mind. She did not take open notice of the too evident dislike between her children and her guests, though she inwardly grieved to see how much of an unholy nature remained in those whom she had hitherto brought up in peace and love but she had patience oh how much patience is needed by a mother and while she neglected nothing that might be a remedy for the evil she cast her cares upon a higher power and trusted that she would be helped in her labor of love affairs were in this position at doves nest when a few days after the occurrences related in the last chapter mrs roby produced her continuation of the story of the giant killer giant hate Deep in the recesses of a wood not far from the castle of untruth a warm bubbling fountain gushed from the earth Even in the coldest winter when icicles hung from the boughs of the overshadowing trees That spring rose hot and steaming to the light Some said that a subterraneous fire must have given this strange property to the water some said giant hate the owner of the ground round it had mingled it with some secret venom this much was known to all that no moss or green herb would ever grow where the spray fell from the warm spring of anger and that whoever drank of its waters became at first furious then helpless and feeble an easy prey to the giant of the place one bright day when the sunbeams bathed the world in light and the little birds sought the shelter of the thickest foliage stilling their songs till the soft evening breeze should arise to cool the fierce summer heat fides passing through the depths of the woods heated and thirsty arrived at the fount he had been passing through a difficult and tangled way torn by the thorns that stretched across his path annoyed by the insect tribes that haunted the wood and provoked by the insolence of the inhabitants of the land who being themselves the subjects of giant hate Annoyed his foe from a distance with poisoned darts called bitter words Which gave a most painful though not dangerous wound? The lips of Fides were parched and dry his shield hung heavy upon his arm and The sound of water as he approached the spring made him quicken his footsteps to reach it Certainly a sweet cool stream would have looked more tempting to the weary traveler than the heated fount with the light steam curling above it but warm as it appeared it was not too hot to drink and fides eagerly scooped up the water with his hand beware cried a soft voice in his ear the knight well knew the tones of conscience he paused for an instant as he knelt by the spring but whether his thirst was too great to bear delay or whether the fumes rising from the tainted fountain of anger Disturbed his judgment and weakened his power of self-control Putting his head down to the level of its basin. He drank greedily of the intoxicating waters Their fatal effect was seen only too soon Fide started up from his knees in wild frenzy he attempted to draw his invincible sword But that could never be unsheathed but in a good cause and remained fast fixed in its scabbard Passionately he flung it from him. He tore off the armor which he wore piece by piece in the madness which now possessed him Struck at every object that happened to be near injured himself in his furious rage Reason conscience all seemed lost in a moment to the victor over selfishness sloth and untruth It was a sad a grievous sight to behold in the once faithful champion the victim of hate Either when the poison boiled in his veins flushed his cheek and kindled a wild fire in his eye, or when exhausted by his own passion the knight sank to earth helpless, defenceless, with scarcely power to move. Then darting from the ambush in which he had lain concealed, giant hate rushed upon his foe. In the state to which his own folly had reduced him, Fides was unable to make any resistance he was bound tightly cruelly bound with cords by the giant till he could scarcely stir hand or foot now did it appear to fides as his reason gradually returned that he was in worse case than when struggling in the pit of selfishness he knew that he was reserved for a cruel death for these giants were never known to show mercy and when his enemy left him in solitude for a while bitter complaints burst forth from his lips oh wherefore did i drink of the fountain of anger must i perish the captive of hate i who overcame selfishness and trampled on untruth i to whom so glorious a reward was offered to whom so faithful a guide was given must i now lose all disgrace the name that i bear and furnish a cause of triumph to the enemies of my king Oh Conscience conscience would that I had listened to thee that I had never tasted of that fatal spring Conscience came near appeared visible before him, but how was her aspect changed? The stars on her brow wore a red angry hue the kindly expression of her face was altered to one stern and terrible I warn thee, she cried, but thou wouldst not hear thou art overcome, disgraced, endangered. Oh chide me no more, exclaimed the suffering knight. Help me in my weakness, assist me in my peril. Let me not die in the hands of my foe. What can I do for thee? sadly replied his guide. I have no power to cut the cords that bind thee. Conscience alone cannot release from hate. The invincible sword can be wielded but by him to whom it has been given at the first, and lo, thou hast cast it far from thee. Bring it back to me, conscience implored the fainting knight. Let me at least die with my hand on the hilt. The bright one obeyed. Fides touched again the invincible sword, but his weakened hand had no power to unsheath it. A little way, indeed, he drew it from its scabbard. But not enough to render it of any avail in severing the tight cords that bound him. I am doomed. I am doomed. He bitterly exclaimed. No strength is left in my feeble arm. The poisoned waters have done their work. Fides turned his face to the ground and uttered a deep groan of despair. Hope still, cried conscience. Thou mayst yet be freed. See, rising far above all the trees near it, yonder fair, stately palm. The name of that tree is forgiveness. The fruit that it bears are called benefits. Both they and the juice which distils from the stem are a powerful cure for the poisons of hate and destroy the effects of anger. Who knows but that thy strength may be restored to thee yet, that thou mayst live on for freedom and victory. So saying, raising from the ground the bright helmet which Fides had cast away in his madness, conscience hastened to the healing tree, and while Fides with effort and pain still struggled to free himself from his bonds, she drew a cooling beverage from the stem. A wondrous tree was that of forgiveness. The deeper the wound inflicted on its trunk, the richer and freer its waters gushed forth so sweet and pure that it was a marvel that any thirsty pilgrim who knew the refreshment that they had yielded could turn for a moment aside to drink at the fountain of anger Fides partook of the healing draught and a change seemed to pass over his whole frame he no longer felt the excitement of fever or the painful weakness which succeeds it his fingers no longer helplessly grasped the sword which he could not draw as well as his bonds would let him, he gradually unsheathed its blade. Once more it glittered in his hand. And though the giant's cords made it difficult to wield, each effort which Fides made rendered the next more easy. He cut the bonds one by one and stood erect, ready once more to fight the battles of his king. The knight replaced his sword in its sheath, gathered up the armor so madly thrown away, And thanking conscience at once for her warning and her aid prepared to seek out giant hate and destroy him while fastening his helmet on his head fides noticed a quiver full of sharp poisoned darts which the giant had dropped on the ground when he had bound the knight to the fountain of anger these are bitter words exclaimed fides the weapons of the giant and his followers those which he so often discharges at his foes i have felt their sharpness before now and have been tortured by the venom which they bear now they are in my hand and i can use them i can launch them with an unerring aim at the enemies against whom i am not permitted to draw my sword but let me reflect he continued still grasping the poisoned darts are these weapons which it is lawful for me to use are they such as become the champion of my king Are not bitter words strictly forbidden to all to whom the invincible sword has been entrusted never will i stain my holy cause by instruments so unworthy he exclaimed as he snapped the venomed darts one by one and flung their broken fragments into the dust even as he did so a soft pure radiance fell around him for an instant it was not the glow of the noonday sun it was not the glance of the summer lighting. He knew it for the smile of approving conscience. Hardly had the gleam passed away, leaving a sweet remembrance behind, when Fides was half tempted to regret that he had thrown from him the sharp weapons of hate. The people of the neighborhood, long beneath the giant's sway, had gathered together to mock his opponent, bound and helpless as they expected to find him. On they came with bitter words contemptuous looks and scornful jests and though they paused on perceiving that fides was now free collecting together they prepared to surround him and annoy the brave knight from a distance fides laid his hand on his sword but it was not to be moved from its scabbard it was given to be wielded in fight against the giants of sin not turned against his own fellow-creatures Fides felt for a moment helpless and irresolute not fearing death but insult and pain With the fiery darts which he now might have used lying all broken at his feet a moment's reflection However restored hope to the breast of the night Where healing had been given refuge might be found with a bound he burst through the circle of his tormentors And began to climb the tall tree of forgiveness Rapidly Fides ascended the stem while his enemies gathered round the foot of the tree. They beheld him now seated among the branches at the top, looking down upon them from the lofty height of forgiveness. Our darts can reach him yet cried the foremost of the troop, and while a rude burst of laughter sounded from below, a shower of stones and darts was flung high in air, more than one of which struck and even wounded the knight well then was it for five days that he had chosen as his refuge a tree possessing powers of healing rich ripe clusters of benefits were growing before him he hastily plucked one and from the stalk whence it had been it torn oozed out the precious balm with one hand fides applied the healing drops to his hurt with the other he flung down upon his enemies below benefit after benefit as fast as he could throw them quickly the shower of fruit descended on the heads of the persecuting band this was his return to the stones and the sharp venomed darts with which they had annoyed him as fides bent from the branches to mark the success of his new mode of warfare he saw the crowd eagerly gather up the ripe fruit and with a wondering glance at the source whence it came drop their darts to commence the delicious repast Even as the waters of angers produced a strange effect upon those who drank of them so benefits The fruit of the tree of forgiveness seemed to work a change upon those who partook of them Insolent looks grew mild angry voices gentle the storm of passion became hushed and still the savages themselves broke their darts and gazed up with strangely altered feelings upon the champion of order and peace at length one who had been foremost of the band most rude in his insults most bitter in his words advanced with a frank kindly air and thus addressed the knight in the tree o fides we own ourselves overcome thou hast returned evil with good and wrongs with benefits thou hast weapons which none can resist think not that we now shall be thy foes or that we willingly bear the yoke of the giant He is a tyrant tormenting and destroying there is no sweetness in the waters of anger no joy in the service of hate Come down then and attack our enemy and thine if we aid not in the fight We will rejoice in the triumphs Since we have eaten of that tree all appears in a new light to our once blinded eyes We have learned to distinguish our foe from our friend and we look for our freedom from thee. With a thankful spirit and hopeful of victory Fides now commenced his descent Scarcely had his foot touched the ground when an exclamation from one of his new allies gave him warning of the approach of the giant Fides firmly grasped the hilt of his sword and Now with scarcely an effort of his arm the good blade flashed into the sunlight as if eager to strike to the dust that barbarous enemy of man the crowd gathering in a circle gazed as spectators on the terrible fight hate arrayed in a blood-red mantle with a heavy mace in his hand seemed likely with every blow of his deadly weapon to crush the light form of fides but the champion had a source of strength which failed him not in the hour of danger his helmet was not broken by the strokes which fell so heavily upon it his armor gave not way in the fight and his courage remained firm and unshaken at length seizing a moment of advantage he plunged his sword into the heart of hate and with one cry of dying rage the giant expired at his feet then there were great rejoicings amongst those who of late had suffered from his tyranny the people willingly dug a wide grave in which their tormentor should lie buried for ever willingly at the command of Fides, days they brought heavy masses of stone to choke up the fount of anger a Short time after no one who passed by the place would have recognized the once gloomy spot Where the heated waters had dried up the verdure now the soft moss spread its carpet of velvet And the fragrant violet and the lily of the valley shed their blossoms over the grave of giant hate this is the strangest story that we have heard yet cried constantine pelting with benefits what a curious idea i should think the vanquished better off than the victor observed adolphus feasting upon that famous fruit oh no exclaimed alec fides looked down upon them all and he glanced rather contemptuously at the probins. you're not fides nor anything like him retorted constantine And as Alec felt the warm fount of anger bubbling up in his own heart. He could not deny the truth of the assertion Oh fides did wrong at first cried Laura But then he listened to conscience and snapped the poisoned darts and climbed up the tree of forgiveness I don't see why we should not conquer like that brave knight after all Conquer our enemies conquer ourselves thought Alec And it struck him how much nobler that conquest would be than any of the triumphs of genius He glanced at his sister bertha and it seemed from her look as though the same idea were crossing her mind While Constantine was reflecting for he sometimes did reflect That his own position had hitherto been that of one of the mocking crowd That the power of giving annoyance is one which we share with the insect and the reptile And that there is something degrading in being the slaves of our passions or the subjects of giant hate End of chapter 8